Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. We're going to talk about the topic, Indecent Proposal. Indecent Proposal. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning and we just ask that, oh God, even as we spent the time far, oh God, we know that your presence is with us. We invoke your glory in this place, God. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in that sight this morning, God. Speak a ram of word to your people this morning. Does not leave here the same way they came. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, indecent proposal. Tell somebody else, indecent proposal. Amen. Amen. Some of you are too young to remember the movie back in 1993. Hit movie called Indecent Proposal. Amen. With Woody Harrelson, Demi Moore, and Robert Redford. Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore, their characters, they played a married couple that was struggling financially. And so they decided to go to Las Vegas to see if they could strike it rich with the savings that they had because Woody Harrelson's character wanted to get into reality. And so he had this whole venture he wanted to do. They go and start gambling, and they lost all their money just like that. Robert Redford's character played a billionaire, and he heard their plight, and he made an indecent proposal. And he told, he told Woody Harrison's character, he said, um, I will give you $1 million if I can spend one evening with your wife. Brothers, think about that. I would give you $1 million. They were broke. Their house was in foreclosure. Very kind of reminiscent of what we're seeing around us in our society today with everything happening in our economy. He said, I will give you $1 million. And so first it was like, no, are you crazy? No, we're married. Of course not. But then later on that night, they made a decision that they were going to do the indecent proposal. Long story short, Robert Redford flies out Debbie Moore's character on a, on a private jet. They go on a yacht, and they consummate, if you know what I mean, indecent proposal. And so the whole movie basically is a spill of them being separated, and finally at the end they, they're supposedly made up. That's what the movie ends with. But the movie really draws a line out for us as Christians how the enemy comes at us when indecent proposals, causing us to counterfeit our blessing, causing us to counterfeit and, and to look poorly at what we have. See, they were already rich and they didn't know it. Even if they lost the house and lost the car, they still had each other. And so many times we think that the accumulation of wealth and all of the extremities are the things that we need to focus on that help us to be successful in this life. But we have to realize that what's really most important is our relationship with our spouse. And for my singles this morning who are looking to be married, amen, this is, this, this is just homework for you so you can get yourself together so you won't fall for any 
indecent proposals. Conservative studies show that over 50% of men and 42% of women will commit adultery. That's high. You think, well, a man can do it, but I don't know about the women. 42% of women as well <laughs> will commit adultery. You say, well, Pastor, I, I, I'm a single, so I don't have to worry about that stuff, but you're married to the Lord right now. And every time you walk on your back, walk your back out on God, you commit adultery too. The Bible says in Exodus 20, chapter 14, thou shalt not commit adultery. It's a part of the Big Ten. We can't deny that. That's what the Word of God says. Hebrews 13, verse 4 says, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God would judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. I'll read that again. Marriage shall be honored by all. That's why it is such a big debate that's happening now in our country, even with the concept of homosexual marriage. And I know we don't want to talk about that because we want to be politically correct. Amen. But I want to be biblically correct this morning. And the Word of God declares that He said one man and one woman should be joined together. The marriage marriage should be honored by all. The marriage bed kept pure. For God would judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So you're saying, Pastor, well, what, what is really adultery? What, how do we define adultery? Really, the root word of adultery is the word to pollute. It's really the word pollution. When you commit adultery, you are polluting that thing that is pure between you and your spouse. Now, there are different types of adultery. Now, all adultery ends in sexual intercourse this morning. We're all grown in the room this morning. Okay, it does not, it all immorality does not, all sexual immorality or adultery does not end in that. And so I'm going to give you eight steps to adultery this morning. I'm going to show you what adultery really is this morning. Amen? Because you can understand what I'm talking about this morning. And this will help you as a married couple, and this will help you as singles. Amen? As well. First of all, there are eight steps to committing adultery. And this is the time for us to really hear carefully and really discern in our hearts if we have fall prayed to any of these things. And if so, ask the Lord to give us the strength to walk in victory. Number one, steps to adultery outside of marriage. Now, we're not talking about with your spouse. We're talking about outside of your spouse. Amen? Okay? Number one, enjoying common interests. Enjoying common interests. If somebody... For my married people and those who are single looking to be married, is somebody outside your outside of your covenant relationship steps to adultery? You find yourself always enjoying common interests. We're gonna go. We're gonna, we're gonna go step by step. We're gonna go deeper and deeper and deeper. First thing, enjoying common interests. Enjoying common interests. When she likes to play golf and. I like to play golf, but my wife is not really into golf, so I guess I'll just go golfing with her. You know, she's my friend. We both co-workers, and, you know, I'm trying to get that promotion, and we both work on the same job, so, hey, let's just hang out. No biggie, you know? And then, oh, you want to go to lunch afterwards? Sure, let's just go to lunch afterwards. It's not a problem. And every Tuesday, you want to do the same thing over and over to become the norm. 
enjoying common interests. Be careful. Um, Number two, sharing personal information. Personal information. Personal information. So, Arthur, how are you doing? Well, you know, well, you know, Vern got on my nerve today, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, we've just been going through a rough spot. You know, lady, oh, really? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, she just has to understand the type of God that you are, you know, that you just really need support at this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going, we're going on vacation. We're going here and there and there and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, this is that and that is that. And just sharing personal, letting people in further than they're supposed to. Not establishing boundaries. If I'm upset at my wife, you'll never know. And if you think I'm upset, I ain't going to tell you anyway. Come on now. It's none of your business. It's between me and her and the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. For my people, who, my single looking to get married, don't let everybody in your business. Don't let your parents in your business. Did I say that? Yes, I did. Mommy, I love you, but you can't. This is between me and her right now. Come on now. Mama knows. Amen. Come on now. Come on now. Don't let your marriage, your relationship is your relationship. Mama's not held accountable for that before the Lord. You are. So you have to make sure that that relationship, you deal with it. And you're faithful to it. Because that's the covenant that you make. Oh, but my singles, that's the covenant you will be making. Amen. How you start it says everything. If you start off wrong, you can get right. Amen. But I'm encouraging you to start it off right. Start it off the right way. Create these boundaries now so you won't have to go through heartache. So one, enjoying common interest. Two, sharing personal information. Three, this is a key one, anticipating time together. Oh, my phone just beat. Oh, I got a meeting with Sasha. Oh, okay. Honey, honey, can you go to the store? No, honey, I got an appointment. I got an appointment. I got to go. I got to go. I got a meeting. I got a meeting. Who you got a meeting with? Oh, just one of my coworkers. I got to go. I got to go. Okay. See you later. Okay, I love you too. Mm -hmm. Sasha, I'm on my way. I'm just running late. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Anticipating the time together. If you get more excited about anticipating meeting with somebody else than your own spouse, there's a problem. It happens. And it happens. This is the thing about the enemy. It happens over time. It's so subtle. At first, it's so innocent. It's just like, well, we just cool. But the enemy just comes in just itsy, bitsy, bitsy, to become something crazy. Anticipating time together. Here's the fourth one. This is where you really begin to hit the danger zone. Hiding the friendship from your spouse. Your spouse can to you, honey, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with you hanging around such sister such and such. Oh, honey, what you talking about? You're crazy. I don't feel comfortable. It's, I'm something not right, I don't know, but just be careful, honey. Girl, you don't know what you're talking about. What you talking about? Are you still hanging out with such and such and such and she's telling your wife because you don't want to hear your wife nagging at you? Or vice versa. Your husband said, honey, I don't like brother such and such, brother Bob. Brother, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like him. There's something about him, something slick. I don't know. I don't like brother Bob. Brother Bob is such a, 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 a good Christian brother, honey. He's a, I don't like him. Stay clear of him. 
Well, he go to the same, he, he go to our church. I don't care if he go to our church, stay clear of him. You know what you're talking about. Hey, Brother Bob, how are you? Praise the Lord. Will we pray for you? Okay. Hiding the friendship from your spouse. Okay. Now here is where it gets really dangerous. Number five, flirting and minor and, and, and minor arousing touches. What I mean. Come in, honey. Come, come real quick. I need you. One second. Let me show let me show what I mean. Y'all thinking, y'all, y'all thinking it's something so out, out, outright sexual or, or crazy or whatever. This, this, this is what I'm talking about. This, this is what I'm talking about. Girl, you're so crazy. Why you the Stop. You know. Why are you all up in my face for? Because. What you mean because you're in my face for? I'm just saying. What you mean you're in my face for? What, what, what? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Some of you are like that right now. I ain't talking about something. I'm, that's how it starts. That's what that mean does. He does that. And women, you know when you're open because you stop flirting, your eyes stop bad too much, your head goes to the side, you paint your little hair, and you Be careful. Steps to adultery. Okay, number six, eventing excuses to call or to meet. Oh, I got to call Sister I got, I got to call Sister Sasha. Why I got to call her for? But it's, it's, it's 12 o'clock at night. Oh, I just want to remind her just to make sure that she gets to church on time tomorrow. She know what time service starts, honey. No, I just want to make sure. Hi, Sister Sasha. Hi. No, you don't need to call her. You're not, I'll call. No, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I got it. She don't know your voice. She don't know your voice. She might, she might not answer. Eventing excuses to call on me. Let me text her. Let me text her. Let me just text her real quick. I'll text. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. I got it. I have a special way because you know. Number seven, deceiving words and actions. Deceiving words and actions. You're being deceptive in your speech, deceptive in, in where you're talking. Um, in, 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 in your talking, you, you, there might be um, um, overtones of sexual immorality. You might be coarse joking in such a way that it sounds like you're just having a regular conversation, but there's still things happening underlying. That conversation, you know, you, you're saying, you know what I'm talking about. You know, deceptive words, and, and, and it's deceptive. It, it's, it's deceptive. You're being deceptive to your spouse. Honey, ain't nothing going on with me and Sasha. Ain't nothing happening. Hope there ain't no Sasha's here this morning. Ain't no Sasha. I'm getting in trouble. But, yeah, but ain't nothing going on. No, we talking about, no, not like that. That's my sister in the Lord. Amen. And the reason I'm putting this in a Christian term because this happens in the church. Okay, this is not just out there in the world. This is very common in the church and sad to say very common in the pulpit. Okay, okay. Before we leave, I have a testimony of, of, of an elder 
and his wife, who's going to share their story with us. I have a video testimony. I'll show that in a few moments. But deceiving words and actions. And the last part, number eight, is physical inappropriateness. Physical inappropriateness. In other words, if it gets physical, you're touching thighs and legs and smacking someone on the, on the hind and all these different type of things and just becomes inappropriate. 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 Because that's not your spouse. That's not your spouse. It becomes inappropriate. So those are the steps to adultery. My singles, beware. Beware. When you're courting somebody, beware. Understand these things. But these things could trip you up before you even say I do. Beware. And I don't care how strong you are, I don't care how much you pray, speak in tongues. I don't care about all that stuff. You will be speaking in another tongue if you get caught up. I'll let that be. Y'all get there in a few seconds. Okay? I've seen Holy Ghost filled young lady pregnant at the altar. Okay, so it does. It, sin don't sin don't care who you are. The devil don't care who you are. He'll take you out. I've seen saved, sanctified, seasoned saints. Come on, at the altar, pregnant. Come on, in a court in adultery. Okay, because the flesh is the flesh. This 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 body has feelings and sensories and everything working in it. And if you don't check this and make sure that you don't follow these steps, then you'll be safe. But if you find yourself in this situation as a single person or as a married person, this is a warning for you today to get out. This is a warning for you today to set the barrier. This is a warning today for you to talk with your spouse. Talk with your spouse. Talk with your spouse. So I'm going to give you just three steps, and we're going to talk about how to protect your marriage. How to protect your marriage. And I won't be before you long. Amen. Number one, radically reduce the risk. Radically reduce the risk. You're saying, Pastor, I, I see there's an area in my, in, in my marriage that I have fallen prey to in the past, or I'm falling prey to now, or there's something happening right now. Radically reduce the risk. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8 through 10, and this is um, King Solomon speaking to his son. He wrote, keep a path far from her. Who's her? The adulterous woman. Do not go near the door of her house. Lest she give you, lest, lest you give her your best strength. Lest you give your best strength to others and your years to the one who is cruel. In other words, when you fall into sexual immorality, you give your best self away. The stuff that you're supposed to give to your wife, or to your husband, you're giving away to the enemy. You're giving your best years away. You're wasting time. You're cursing yourself when you operate outside of your marriage covenants. It says, your years to the one who is crude, let strangers feast on your wealth and your toil. In other words, all the things you worked hard for, you're losing it. You're giving it up. Your home, your family, everything. You're, lo- you're losing all the investments that you have made in that marriage just for 15 minutes of pleasure. 
for artificial, for illegal foolishness. What do you mean it's illegal? It's illegal in God's eyes. It's illegal. It's wrong. Let strangers feast on your wealth and your toil. Enrich another man's house. <laughs> Enrich another man's house. In other words, all that will be taken from you, what you invested in your own relationship, in your own marriage. Radically reduce the risk. Cut yourself off from any temptation. Cut yourself off. If, if someone makes you feel any certain type of way, stay away from them. Stay away from them. Run for your life. As Averna said, week one, put the Nikes on and run. Just do it. Run. Run for your life. Sisters, I don't care. But he's so fine. Look at his lips. Look, ooh, girl, I can just see myself kissing him. Oh, God. And he's all oh, girl. He got, he pigeon toed girl. Look at him. Oh, he bow legged. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. He can't a church this one, girl. He's sitting two rows ahead of me. Oh, God, help me. Run, girl, run. Run. Run for your life. Come on now. Check yourself or you wreck yourself. You get, come on. You get, you get, that's lust. I ain't even love. That's lust. Come on. Lust is always warning. It's never satisfied. And when you get married, don't mean you don't fight lust. You still fight lust in marriage. That's how it leads to adultery. So radically reduce the risk. Protect yourself. Set boundaries. It's so key. Number two, invest passionately, that's the key word, passionately in your marriage. Well, pastor, you don't know my husband. He's just like a lump of eight. There's not one romantic bone in him. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What are you doing? Well, I wait for him to move. Well, maybe he waiting for you to move. What I do what I gotta do. I fulfill my I fulfill my wifey duties, but why are you talking about attitude in your voice? I do what I gotta do. He ain't gonna do nothing. I'm not satisfied, I'm not happy. Invest passionately in your marriage. Could it be possibly something you can do better? If we quit to point the other finger to those stones. He did it, and he did it, and he did it. And you're holding on to all that hurt and harboring all that bitterness inside of you, and you ain't hurting nobody but yourself. He over there sleep. And you up, up mad. Get on my nerve. Stinky old man. I don't know why I married you. My mother was right. So I just kept myself. That's how the enemy starts to get in. I should have married Bobby. I don't know why I married you. Sure. That's how the enemy gets it. Come on now. Invest passionately in your marriage. This was my wedding scripture, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. You remember this, honey? May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer, May her breasts satisfy you always. That's right. The word of God just said breasts. Come on now. May you ever be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? 
Invest passionately in your marriage. In your marriage. The grass will always look green on the other side. And if it does, that means you just need to start watering your own lawn. The grass will always look green on the other side until you start watering your own lawn. But look at them. They like, they imagine like they're doing all right. And look at them. Like, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know what's wrong with her. She got an attitude problem. I don't know. But look at, look, look at her. Look at how she respects her husband. Look at that. I wish my wife respected me like that. But why, why don't you do something that's respectable? Come, why don't you take the extra step? Take the extra step. Go out your way. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, he passionately went after us. He passionately did miracles. He passionately fought against the devil. He passionately proclaimed the word. He passionately died on the cross for us. He gave it all that he got. Are you honestly saying that you've given it all that you got? Is this something you can do better? Invest passionately in your marriage. And you, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. I understand there's some exceptions, some marriages. Husband and the wife say, I did all I can do because it takes two to tango. I understand. How can two walk together unless they agree? That's a whole other story. That's where you need to go to counseling. Okay, that's the married couple story. We'll talk about that later, married couple. But I'm talking about the basic stuff, the stuff that why people can't say marry low in the 72 days. It's just foolishness. He snore. I can't deal with that. Mm-mm, this, you're not the one for me. I got to go. Over foolishness. Invest in your marriage. Invest in your marriage. Number three, and this is key for men and for women. Visualize the destruction. Visualize the destruction. What will happen if you commit adultery? What would happen? For myself, what would happen? After 10 years of marriage, all that I invested in my union will be gone just like that. I will have to sit down from being the pastor of this church. I will have to go to the mode of being silenced or set aside. Maybe not come back to ministry ever again. But what happened? All my friends, all the couples that I've ministered to, all the newlyweds that I've poured into, all the times that I've preached, where Sunday just goes out the window because I lost my credibility. And on top of that, lose the respect of my, my family, my friends, my loved ones, and lose my anointing, which is very precious to me. Visualize the destruction. What would happen if you go out on your marriage? And if you went on your marriage, you want to go back to think about what happened. Think about what you had to recover from to get back where you are now. The ground, the, the ground that you had to regain. Visualize the destruction. Proverbs 5, 3 to 5 says, For the lips of the adulteress drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall. In other words, like vinegar. Sharp like a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. One verse said her feet go down to hell. 
Her steps lead straight to the grave. Visualize the destruction. When you go outside of your marriage, when you go outside of your covenant, it brings destruction. Any person can tell you, going through something like that, going through infidelity, going through an indiscretion, man or woman, it it destroys you. It crushes you. And there's all types of adultery. There's emotional adultery. The person you just love hanging around with, and you know, they just become your best friend. Be careful of that. Jesus said, if a man lusts after a woman in their heart, they have already committed adultery. So if you stop looking at pornography, guess what you're doing? God wants you to protect your marriage today. I'm going to show you a brief story of this couple. And I'm just going to preface it before you watch um, this video. It's actually a rough footage, but I believe it's going to bless you. When I was a teenager in my home church back in New York City, my youth leader, this, this was my youth leader. These were both my youth leaders. These were actually my Sunday school teachers. This had to be maybe, Pastor Edgar, how long? 15, 16, 17 years ago. You know, this is in the 90s. Before that. 1995. That's how long that was ago. And my youth leader went through an indiscretion. And I'm going to let them share their story. But this is what happens when a leader falls in the church. But I, I, I want to share, I, I want them to share their testimony with you because I want you to hear how they overcame. Not all indiscretions end in divorce. Yes, biblically, you have the grounds to divorce that spouse. But if you see the greater purpose in your marriage, if you see anything that has any value of redemption, you better step on it. You better step on it. If there's anything that's redeemable, build it up again. And so this couple's going to share their testimony. It's about nine minutes long, but they'll keep you engaged, I promise. Here's the Hicks story. God bless you, Pastor Arthur Shadwick, First Lady Alverna, and the Gathering Church. I know the Darren Hicks, and this is... Dana Hicks. Uh, my lovely wife. Um, we're going to give you just a couple of seconds worth of our testimony. Uh, we've been married for 31 years, and during the course of that time, um, I did not have the indiscretion... I just flat out went and sinned against my God and my wife. And um, I don't like to put pretty words on what we do to each other. So it was not an affair. It was sin. I sinned against my wife and uh, I sinned against my God. Uh, however, we are still together after 31 years of marriage. This was many years ago, many years ago. And God has delivered us and set us free, and we're going to share with you a few things that you can do. You know, the Bible says that a man should uh, be pleased in the wife of his youth. And that is such a true statement. Because every single time I was, or I went out, I should say, on my marriage and on my relationship with my wife and my God, it was because I thought I could get... Um, 
some other type of connection than what God has already given to me through my wife somewhere else. Most of the connections and most of what we call adulterous affairs or relationships start because either the man or the woman is, they think they're not being fed at home or they think they cannot be fed at home, whether it is emotionally, physically, uh, sexually, or just connect to their wives. And what the devil does is when you are, men and women, are in a state of vulnerability, the devil will send someone your way that will act like a false connection. But the connection is not through, if it's not through your wife, the connection is wrong. It's illegal. It's bad. It's against God. And what happens is we begin to connect with that person, pushing further and further away the ultimate desire that we're looking for from our home. Um, after I realized that everything I need was sitting right here next to me, uh, within that pretty smile. I real and uh, I had to realize that uh, fellas and women through counseling, and my wife can help a little bit more um, with the counseling. We did have to go to counseling for about two years, and the Lord delivered us and set us free because we have to, you, you have to have a different way of thinking about who you are in Jesus and who your wife or your spouse is to you. Dan, what were some of the things that helped us get through um, that time period in our life, that tragic period? Well, I would definitely say that uh, some of the things that helped us to get through were supportive friends and family. Uh, also, some of the things that helped us get through was the supportive friends and family. Um, there are people that you can't talk to, people that don't understand. And when I say supportive friends and family, I'm talking about a small group of people that I can say supportive friends and family. Certainly, for the most part, um, most people, when they hear that uh, someone has gone out on their marriage, and particularly if it's a man, most of the time, everyone else is going to say, leave him, leave him, leave him, leave him, leave him. So that's not the kind of support I was looking for. Um, but, Thank you. but it definitely came my way in droves. And so actually, those are not the people that you want to be around. Um, the thing that I had to do was I had to depend on the Lord. And um, I had to pray. I did a lot of praying. I did a lot of fasting. Um, I stayed to myself a lot. Some of it was good and some of it was not so good. But the one thing that I really walked away with from this whole episode, and it, this is not just like a, uh, something that happened in a year, it was over a period of time. So it was uh, definitely more than a year. But uh, what I really had to do was listen out for the Lord. Listen to what God was telling me. If I had listened to the people who, I mean, meant well, they meant well. Um, they had my best interest at heart. They loved me. They care about me. But I, I know that if I had listened to them, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I didn't want to be anywhere else. Um, so as, as long as you're willing to take what other people dish out, like you was a fool, girl, it wouldn't be me, and how could you let him do that, and... Uh, you should leave, you should leave. 
If you listen to what the Lord is saying, then you'll, you'll come out the winner. And that's what I did. I heard God on so many occasions speak to me and tell me, stay. Don't make him leave. Just wait. Just wait. And in the face of all odds when everybody else told me to do one thing and I listened for the Lord, at the end of the day, we have a marriage. And the only reason why we have a marriage is because we listened to what the Lord told us to do. Um, I tell women that you have to do your own homework. And through all this, this is what I got out of it. I had homework that I had to do, and it has nothing to do with being available to your spouse physically, because that's what some people would love to say. Oh, she must not have been performing mm. in bed. She must not have been cooking his dinner. It really has nothing to do, to do with that. Infidelity has nothing to do with what's going on in the bedroom. You could be doing it every night, but if that person wants to be unfaithful to you, and that person uh, mm -hmm. sets out to break his marriage vows, and that's exactly what's going that's to happen. happen. And right. there's nothing you can do. Cook the dinner right, cook the dinner wrong, the kids are in the bed, uh, whatever. Uh, it doesn't even matter. But uh, what you have to realize is that if it's their situation, if it's their problem, and you try to get them help, or you try to be uh, that person that they need to be at that time, and when you listen to the Lord... The Lord will help you to manage your own household. You don't have to mind anybody else's business, but you just manage your own stuff. And I'm telling you, when I managed my own stuff, my own little four walls, that's when I got the victory. Amen. And I had people telling me things from bishops and uh, <laughs> pastors' wives to, you know, elderly, you know, deacons and different ones and people on the outside that, knew, um, just telling me stuff that you would want to tell somebody. It's not your fault. Get out of there. Mm -hmm. But I, I distinctly heard the Lord. And I think that when we go through not just trials and tribulations like this, because thankfully everybody doesn't have to go through nonsense like this, but when you go through any kind of trial in your life, you have to depend on what God is saying to you. And if you know that God spoke something in your heart and in your spirit, you run with that. And it doesn't matter looking like a fool to other people. So, um, you know, that's what I got out of this whole thing. And, you know, just listen to, to the Lord. Listen out for God because God is speaking the entire time. You can't be responsible for what other people do, but you certainly can be responsible for what you do and how you handle the situation. And we went to counseling. We went to counseling. We went to counseling. We got hooked up with a fabulous counselor. He's no longer in the New York City area. But that man listened to us. You know, let me tell you what therapy and counseling is all about. It's not a sinful thing. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a wonderful thing. In some of the sessions when I was there, the counselor went to sleep. But I just kept talking. You know why? Because the counselor is there just to let you get it out of your spirit in a safe environment. And uh, once I realized that my wife was a safe environment, my wife was my emotional support, my wife was the person that I needed physically, my wife was the one I can trust my fears with, women. They have to be able to trust their fears. We're, we're, we're afraid too sometimes, but if I, I realize that I can trust my fears, my dreams, my aspirations with this woman, and she won't hurt them, she won't trample them. Now I don't need anyone else. She is all I need. And I thank God uh, that uh, we're working on 32 years of marriage, 
this year, 31 years of marriage this year, and we've been seeing each other now for 34 years. This is my best friend, my girlfriend, my lover, my wife, and uh, you can have the same thing, but you have to trust the Lord in all of your situations. Let's give God praise for the Hicks family. Amen. Some of your old Bethelites know them. Amen. And I'm grateful for them willing to share um, their testimony. And they have also made a special video just for the couples. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a married couples fellowship. And they share more explicitly and more in detail how we deal with this spirit and how we fight it and how we protect our um, marriage. But let's give God praise one more time for the Hicks family. Show them some love. Amen. Praise God. The good news is that even when we are unfaithful, God is still faithful. Amen. He is a faithful God. That even when we stumble and fall, he is there to pick us up. He is there to make us new. He is there to redeem us and to strengthen us. You might be in a house when there has been infidelity. Remember, your parents are divorced. Amen. Your papa might have been a rolling stone or mama might be hopping along too. But no matter what has happened, God is still a God who is faithful and he can heal us. He can restore us. That even in the midst of devastation, we've been devastated or we're devastating our spouses and loved ones. God can redeem and God can make whole and God can make new today. That's the hope that is given to us through Christ Jesus. So I encourage you today, don't fall prey for the enemy's indecent proposal. For those who are looking to get married, make sure all them doorways are closed. Because you don't be married and told by I'm still in love with my first love, Johnny, back from high school. Make sure all those doors are closed. You know, a lot of people, a lot of married folk, when they when they found out, especially those who are older, when they found out about Facebook, they begin to go to Facebook in droves. And then, of course, we go to Facebook, they have the option, people you may know. And many times, and what I've seen is a lot of adulteries have really taken place over Facebook because what happened was your high school sweetheart, your fling, found out you were married, and then you begin to go through the eight steps to commit adultery, not realize that the enemy is setting you up for failure. So don't bite the apple. Been done, did that, the forbidden fruit. Amen. Water your own garden for those who are married today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask all the married folks to stand up in here. I know some of you are on your post, but if you could get near your spouse this morning. If you're single, I'm going to get the singles later. Amen. Singles, you're next, but I'm dealing with the married folk first. If you're married, get near your spouse. If your spouse not here, we're standing proxy for them. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want to pray for the marriages this morning because I want God to, to, to cover the marriage. We ain't saying it's going to be easy. We ain't going to say temptations are, are not going to come. But like Elder Darren said, he said, your wife needs to be a safe place. Your husband needs to be a safe place where you can share those things, those fears, those concerns, those temptations, those things with. They need to be a safe place that you can have that heart-to-heart 
communication. And so we're going to pray. I feel healing in the room right now while I'm talking. I feel it's very strong. And we're going to release healing of these couples um, this morning. Amen. And even those who are listening to this podcast this morning, we're going to pray for you as well. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift up every married couple in this house that's present this morning. I lift up those married couples that are listening over the podcast, that have heard the message, that have heard the testimony, Father God, of how you can restore, redeem, and renew. Father, I'm asking today, Lord God, whatever is broken, you will fix, God, today. Father, I'm praying for the shalom, the peace of God, that peace that means nothing missing and nothing broken. I'm asking for healing today, Lord. Father, I'm asking that you restore marriages, Father God, all that the enemy has taken away, that you would bring restoration even now in the name of Jesus. Whether hurt or discord or every trap the enemy has sent to try to destroy marriagehood, oh God, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of adultery. I come against the spirit of fornication. The spirit of lust, the spirit of pornography. I come against that, that, that selfish spirit, that spirit of bitterness, that spirit of anger, that spirit that's constantly holding and harnessing pain from the past, that spirit that causes us to internalize and to hold our spouses prisoners in our hearts. And Lord God, I lose healing right now to my sisters right now. I lose healing to their hearts, God. They're so intricately made, so delicate, oh God. You've made them that way. That's why we're supposed to hold them in high esteem. So, Lord, I pray for healing, Lord God, that you will bless them, that you will encourage them, that you will build them up in the inner man, Father, even now in their emotions right now. Remove every insecurity, every doubt, every fear. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for wholeness and healing. And Lord God, I lift up, oh God, even now, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for the husbands, for the men, for the married men in this house this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help them, that you would strengthen them, Lord God, that we would learn how to become vulnerable to our spouses, that we don't always have to be Superman. We don't always have to be the person that has it all together because we don't. But I pray that we will make our spouses a safe place to come, that we can share our hurt. We can share our fears. We can share our troubles, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, for greater communication. That the communication that you've given my wife and I, I pray that you impart it to every couple today. Oh God, that that love, that open, that have that openness, that, that honesty, that transparency. I pray it be so in the name of Jesus, Lord. So Lord, I pray for wholeness. And I pray for healing. And I pray for deliverance that our marriages will never be the same. Will never be the same. That you will get the glory. You brought us together for a greater purpose. A purpose that we could not accomplish by ourselves. So, Father, I thank you for the greater purpose being manifested today. And I'm asking you today, Father, that you will cover us, heal us, and renew us. I pray that you will reignite like never before. Passion to love our spouses, but more so passion to love you. So Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah.
All the singles in the house, stand up. You are married to Christ. Amen. We are the body of Christ. We are the bridegroom. We are connected to Christ. Even brothers, yes, we're married to Christ. Amen. He is supposed to be our first love. Amen. Our primary focus. That was such a great testimony that our sister Namie shared about going to God first, making him the first step, the first place, the first one that we go to. That's making him and putting him in a place of priority, which he is Lord over all. Amen. So I want to pray for the singles. Amen. Right now, we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift up every single man and every single woman that's here today. And Lord, I pray for them in the name of Jesus. First of all, if there is any hint of sexual immorality, that you would expose it, that you would deal with it. Oh, God, that they repent from it and get deliverance from it, Father. There is deliverance that's found in you, oh, God. If there's anything or anyone that's causing them to stumble, I pray that they would set up the proper barrier so they can protect themselves from stumbling, Father God. I pray they'll get accountable partners, accountable accountability partners who would pray for them, who would strengthen them, whether it's another brother, a sister, or a pastor, or a leader. Oh, God, that they can get the wholeness that they need. Lord, I'm praying that you would keep them, even now, in the name of Jesus, Father God, that they will not become a statistic, oh God, as they look to get married, Father God, that whatever, whatever doorways are open, you will close it. Whatever soul ties, that's those, those things that we have connected ourselves to emotionally in our hearts, that, that, that we have tied up with other people, whatever soul ties there are, that you would break those soul ties in the name of Jesus. And Satan, we come against you. We come against your lies, your schemes. We come against the entrapments that you would try to send against the people of God. That they will walk in purity. They will walk in holiness, oh God. They will walk in righteousness, in integrity, Father. And I pray that you would keep them from the youngest to the oldest, God, that you would keep them, that you would renew them, eh? that you would strengthen them, Father, eh? even now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And I pray the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will continually to guard their heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And if you believe that single, shout amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.